Stay tuned after the credits of this episode to get a little sneak peek of what's coming next on Voyager Done Right. Captain's Log, Stardate 49118.5 At the advice of Dr. Alexa and my own judgment, I have required of my senior staff a mandatory therapy session. Dr. Alexa has set up a holodeck program for each of them. I don't know if it'll help any, but at least they'll have someone to talk to. Uh, so what's basically happened is um, we're, we've come to sort of the very beginning of the new year. And uh, Quinn, following uh, his own thoughts and the advice of the chief medical officer, has basically set up uh, individual therapy sessions for the senior staff. Uh, there is no uh, ship official ship counselor on board. So uh, Siri Alexa has set up... Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, when we got back at 2100. Mm. Um, so the Alexa has set up sort of a holodeck uh, therapy simulation. Um, and uh, she's monitoring it sort of from a a viewing point somewhere else on the ship, probably from a monitor in sickbay or something like that. And they are uh, private sessions. And basically Quinn has ordered each of his senior staff uh, to participate in this uh, sort of therapy session. Let's have Locko first. Uh, then we'll have, um, then we'll have uh, Mirren. You'll go second. Yep. Yep. Uh, Seraph, you'll go next after that. Uh, then we'll have Drake, and then we'll have Guild to finish. All right, so uh, I will describe the uh, setup of the actual therapy room once, since you're all entering the same room. I will do one description, and then you'll all have to remember that description. It will be the same for each of you. Uh, so as you walk in, uh, you uh, find yourself in sort of what would be considered a sort of office building sort of setup. Um, you can tell there's a window uh, behind you. The curtains are down. It's about midday, and you can tell that it's simulating you being on some sort of high-rise building. You can sort of see out of the window if you were to gaze out and you can kind of see, you know, streets below you, parking lot, that kind of thing. So, but like, like current, like 2371, 72 era Earth, as opposed to like 20th century Earth or something. The actual office is raid. There's a bookshelf filled with various books of scientific and therapeutic nature. Uh, there is a lawn... Um, sort of dark brown, sort of mahogany uh, desk. It's got a little, like, mug on it with, like, pens and pencils, um, arrays of binders and, uh, like, manila folders. The mug says, world's greatest captain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we love dad. Um, and, the world's uh, okay is dad. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, it says sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. And uh, there's a lawn sort of, uh, you know, like a reclining chair slash couch that you would sort of as immediately associate with a trip to a psychiatrist. And, uh, and there is a uh, offensive uh, German stereotype uh, sitting in the chair uh, behind the desk. 
with a uh, um, it's Austrian. You're right. Sorry, uh, it's an Austrian stereotype uh, sitting behind in a very cushy black chair with a pipe in his mouth. Who is your uh, daddy, and what does he do? Can't do the job. Oh, you hate your mother. <laughs> so obviously, having you obviously have these feelings because you hate your father. Is um, your mother hot? Do you have <laughs> pictures of her feet? Oh no! <laughs> wow. Who invited Richard to the session tonight? Get out of here, Tarantino. <laughs> I see you've Anyways, had experience with this sort of session. It would be an incredible character. <laughs> so, Doctor Alexa's um, uh, interpretation of what a therapist is is sitting behind the mahogany desk, uh, pretending to smoke a pipe because smoking's not allowed oh. uh, on duty, and uh, and he just sort of uh, stares it's at okay, you. Okay, it's synth smoke with a. Yeah, synth smoke, herbal cigarettes, um, and sort of just stares at you, place as you enter lock. Uh, being mm -hmm. on duty, you are in your regular uniform, uh, but you have uh, been asked to surrender your sidearm when you were put on, like uh, confined to quarters, as would be yep. standard. So. Yep. But uh, I have it back. You, <laughs> you took his belt and his shoes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I took all his metal off and had to put a little container to wheel through the x-ray machine. Uh, so uh, you come in, and the doctor, without uh, speaking, uh, leans back in his chair slightly and just motions to the recliner. Okay. Uh, as the door opens in game and seeing this, um, I take a step in. Uh, Lieutenant Locke reporting as ordered. He nods slowly and continues to motion towards the recliner. I take it you want me to sit in that. He nods slowly. Very well. So with that in game, I walk up to the uh, to the desk and uh, flip the desk, and then I shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> no. Great. Uh, no, I fail I walk... your psychological evaluation just by the just, slightest margin. Just imagine you're almost there. Tiniest bit. Um, so in game, I walk up towards the desk, going mm -hmm. around the chair, and um, sitting down sideways, facing him, with a uh, like an upright, structured posture. Right. As I uh, sit there, staring at him. So, Mister Leon Locke says here you are Chief Security Officer. How would you describe your duty exactly in which way can you be a little more specific uh, i believe that is what i just asked you to be what if i said chief security officer to you what does that mean to you it means that i'm the chief security officer what are your duties day to day on board the ship <laughs> Day to day, I am in charge of the security crew that uh, maintains some sort of order and structure throughout the um, throughout the ship. If there is any issues that uh, arise, either with some sort of interpersonal conflict or something like that, I take charge of that and delegate it to other security staff. 
And in uh, scenarios of emergencies, I'm the one that ensures that the ship remains safe, secure, and intact. Hmm. And you would describe emergencies as what? Something outside of the ordinary. Mm. So, for example, the incursion of the Horogen a few days ago. Yeah, that would be considered an emergency. Now, I have had the benefit of reading your report to the captain, but I would very much appreciate it, and for the sake of the recording, if you would repeat, maybe in fewer words, exactly what happens on the planet and your reasoning behind your decisions. Well, I thought my report was fairly succinct, but if you need me to get even more reduced than that, mm. I suppose the situation that we encountered was that of a physical conflict standoff, I suppose, where we were met by a superior foe in our defenses and weaponry, and they had us perform some sort of contest with the commander, Commander Gill, taking charge. We were trying to sort out the situation and ensure that we all come out alive and figure out what the best course of action is to follow through with it. We had agreed that we would follow Star Starfleet protocol and that we would, upon further investigation, figure out the best course of action and in terms of conflict, that is to not perform lethal actions. However, in-game lock stops for a moment. You seem like you wanted to say something. I was going to say that following Starfleet protocol seems to be not quite what you did, Mr. Locke. The situation called for a level of... not too sure how to put it. Um, it yeah. called for an increased level of procedures to ensure that we remained alive and that nobody was harmed. One of the fellow members of the Avey team described it as a brutal maiming and the killing of three alien life forms. Would you agree with this statement? Depends on uh, what you mean by agree with that statement. Is this what happened? In game, you uh, you can see Locke start to get a little unnerved by it. Yeah, I, I guess on the one end, it could have been considered as a maiming and killing of three alien people. My, my apologies, my, uh, my words seem to be lacking right now. You seem a bit agitated, Mr. Locke. Please, why don't you relax? You are feeling antsy, perhaps. You have been, how you say, cooked up in your room for a few days. No, that's that's not it. I was able to spend some time meditating, ah, trying to I see. collect my thoughts on the whole situation. 
Well, if you have collected your thoughts, then I would ask that you share them with me. But quickly. I'm getting (laughs) paid by the hour. Of course you are. (laughs) Well, the situation changed. Um, We first encountered one of the alien creatures as we were trying to find a proper location to set up a defense perimeter. Mm-hmm. And our stun settings, no matter how high we, we turn them, how, how focused we were in our attacks to try and subdue the target without increasing the threat level or increasing lethality, seemed to not be working in the common sense of those standards. Mm. Um, and once that started happening, the situation changed when first our commanding officer was knocked out and thrust outside of the vehicle where everyone was, where everyone was. And then further from that, our our engineer was also taken out to an unconscious level, not death, but still the situation changed in that moment, and I had to make quick decisions in order to allow people to not get harmed. And realizing that our stun settings weren't working, I made the executive decision as the now commanding officer of the away team to adjust the phase rifle that I was using to the kill setting to try and non-lethally take out our target without Mm. killing him, of course, and thus led to his maiming of his leg. Was there not a more senior officer still conscious on the planet, though? There was, however, Commander Gill uh, declared me as his second, and if he was to be taken out, unconscious or death, I would be the commanding officer at that point. I see. Because you are an expert in tactical situations. That was his uh, understanding of it, yes. One last, uh, two more questions, actually, Mr. Locke. I see here that you have received a unfortunate uh, black mark on your permanent Starfleet record. Does this worry you? You mean from this most recent situation? Yes. I'm not too sure how to answer that question. Mm. Oh, you have. I, you have. I guess, I guess on the one hand, yes, it should, be a, should in, impact me, uh, considering I haven't encountered that situation before with, with mm. my record. However... Mm. We are so far away from Starfleet, does it really even matter? Hmm. That is interesting. But we will have to save that discussion for next week, maybe Tuesday, 7 p.m.? Last question before I must dismiss you for this evening, Mr. Locke. And that is, um, I have heard from others' recounts that you were particularly agitated upon hearing the sounds of what you believe to be your captain being tortured on the planet. Maybe agitated is not the right word. But you were quoted as saying something along the lines of, uh, you sealed your fate when you brought the captain into this, 
uh, may your death be quick or something to that effect. In in game, you uh, you see that he's silent for a long moment, trying to process the question, process back into the instant the ins instance that happened mm -hmm. um, surrounding that one moment. The creature we were encountering, Commander Seraph, called out as a coward with his tactics. Mm -hmm. First using a prey creature as they deem them. Mm. And then furthermore using one of our own mm. to work against us. More so than that, using our captain, our leader on the ship. And that was not something I would stand for. That was something that goes against my very core being mm -hmm. of what somebody should do in a situation that calls for violence. Mm -hmm. And in that instance, well, you read it yourself, he sealed his fate. Mm -hmm. I felt it was more merciful to take him out quickly to do it with my own hands to have my hands carry the blood of mm. killing this other creature and at the same time also taking out some sort of justice on him to help i i don't know are are we are we done here he nods yes we're done mr doc the door is open very well. Goodbye. Thank you. So as as you as you see in game, uh, Locke stops halfway towards the door, turns around. Just for the record, as the commanding officer of that mission, once Commander Gill was taken out, I take full responsibility and full res full accountability for the actions of the others on that away team. And the figure nods. I'm sure you do. Lieutenant Junior Grade Drake was following orders. I'm sure he was. And then in game, I turn around and walk back out. Uh, maybe an hour later, uh, Mirren is called to the, a similar appointment, and the simulation is sort of reset for him. And uh, Mirren, you come in to the exact same room, so I will spare everyone the description again. And uh, likewise, you see the figure has slightly, slightly reclining his chair and motioning towards the couch recliner in front of him and sort of nodding slowly towards you. Uh, Mirian uh, strides into the room and he looks visibly frustrated, um, but in a professional manner, like in the clearly mostly restrained manner. Hmm. And... When he sees the gesture at the chair, uh, Miriam's response is, um, so, you, so you want me to sit here? And the figure just nods slowly. And the captain is going to listen to this? The figure nods. Um, if the captain is so eager to hear my thoughts, he can speak to me himself. The captain has... Other things to do. 
and I have other patients, Mr. Mirren. Please sit down so we can begin. All right, all right, sits down. Mr. Mirren Oka, you are Bajoran. You have been with Starfleet a long time, short time? Uh, a long time, I would say. And you have, uh, is this your first posting as a chief engineer on the starship? Uh, no. Oh, okay, okay. And you are happy with your lines of work? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Mm. And uh, tell me, in your own words, how would you describe the last year that you have spent on the ship? Last year has been a challenge. It wouldn't be wrong to say it's been frustrating at times. And uh, this was so far from my expectations. I don't know what to make of it at this point. Interesting. And uh, assuming your expectations were more on the lines of go out, come home, go out again. Of course, I, I left an entire lifetime behind and there's a chance I might not even get to return to it. And that is not something you just digest right away. Mm -hmm. But Starfleet officers are expected to adapt quickly to new situations, yes? Indeed they are. Mm. And would you say that uh, other members of the crew are also feeling, how you said, frustrated at the predicament? I certainly can't speak on their behalf. They haven't shown any such signs, I would not put them in that category personally, but it's not for me to say. And what do you think of your colleagues, your other so-called senior officers? Do you think that they are capable? Yeah, we'll see. That's that's the thing. And that's why I would, don't understand why Quinn just doesn't talk to us personally. This like, I don't know exactly what happened on the surface of the planet. I still have an incredible headache. I can barely remember all the details. Mm. But we left judgment in the best hands. And of everyone I saw down there, if there was anyone who I would have entrusted with the situation, it would have been Locke and Drake. Mm. After everything, they, they're the ones I would have put my faith into. I don't know why we're treating them like criminals. I understand mm. protocol, but... At the same time, they don't deserve to be treated like this. I, it, they are the ones who would have made the right decision in that time. Those well, so are harsh words, Mr. Mirren, being treated like criminals. Not everyone is a Bajoran being enslaved by the Cardassians. You do not agree that Mr. Drake and Mr. Locke have disobeyed Starfleet protocol? I can't say for certain because I did not witness every finite detail of what happened, but... As I tried to see if there was a peaceful alternative, and at every corner it seemed like that was sh shut down, and without knowing the finite details, all I can say is that it appears like they did what was best. And what was your interpretation of the Hirogen, of, of what you saw? 
did they deserve to be killed? As something of a pacifist, I don't believe most things deserve to be killed. And that is the alternative I would have loved to avoid at any cost. But I don't think we were put in a situation like that. They were violent and determined and overpowering, like um, like like a tiger jump pouncing on you for your throat. They were they didn't even give us time to think clearly and negotiate. So you felt powerless then. Indeed, not excluding the fact that I was unconscious, which is the ultimate mm. state of powerless. Interesting, interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, one final question, uh, Mr. Mirin. Uh, in regards to how you ended up in the Delta Quadrant in the first place, have you and your staff come to any theories? I don't, un I, I can't wrap my head around how we could possibly travel that distance in such a short amount of time and we are trying our best to not only figure that out but to reverse engineer the process but this is far beyond the scope of one small research vessel one final final question then do you believe that you will make it home i have to i have hmm. to believe that well, Mr. Miller, I could talk to you all day. Unfortunately, uh, I have another patient, so I'm afraid we will have to pick this conversation up some other time. Miriam just gets up and leaves. So then, uh, again, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, uh, the hologram, the holodeck program is reset this time for Mr. Seraph as you enter. And the mm -hmm. exact same opening scene, uh, mm -hmm. you see the doctor reclined slightly in his chair and motioning towards the recliner, nodding his head slowly. Right. In game, Seraph enters and nods towards the doctor and then sits on the recliner uh, mm. such that his feet remain on the ground and he's facing directly forward towards the doctor. And mm. then he sort of places his hands out behind him as though feeling at the contours of the chair as though uncertain about how it's supposed to be used before swinging himself in one motion to lie on his back. Mm -hmm. Oh, hmm. How comfortable. I suppose this is meant to relax the body and the mind. Clever. Mm. And, and are you feeling relaxed, Mr. Seraph? Oh, very. Thank mm. you. So, Mr. Seraph, you are Lieutenant Commander, and you are, um, how would you to say, Operations Manager on the Voyager. That is correct. And if I were to ask you to redefine that role, what would you say is your most prominent duty on the ship? I believe that the most important duty, certainly, is to science, because we mm. are a science research vessel. The scientific exploration of this quadrant, the understanding of it, is absolutely critical to improving our understanding of the universe. It is an unprecedented opportunity. And of course, my service as a science officer in each specific circumstance are ones that I take very seriously. 
I would say from audio logs and documents that you have uh, recorded yourself, Mr. Seraph, that you seem almost excited to be here in this Delta Quadrant. Nothing almost about it, Doctor. I think it is a very exciting situation to be in. Do you feel other members of the crew feel the same way? I believe they do feel excited, but of course, the line between excited and trepidatious is so often very blurry. If the Voyager really does have a 68-year journey ahead of it, you may well be the only crew member to see it alive. Does that maybe color your perception of the situation a little differently? You may be correct, although we certainly expected to spend our lives in the exploration of the cosmos in any case, perhaps not the entirety of the span. But mm. we are still accomplishing the very thing we set out to do. Very well, very well, very well. Mm. And you are Vulcan, yes? You have been in Starfleet a long time? Ah, uh, yes, and also, yes. I have been in Starfleet since I was 23. And how old are you now, Mr. Seraph? I'm 56 Earth years old. Ooh, we mm. finally know. Mm. Earth years, hmm. Interesting. Roughly Very 49 interesting. Vulcan years. Just indeed, to save indeed. you the math. I appreciate that. It also saves us a bit of time. Time that we can use to explore more pungent questions. Certainly. For example, the incident that happened recently involving the Hurogen. Yes. I suspected that would be the topic of most interest. Mm. It certainly is. And your um, dissatisfaction with how certain things were handled? I feel that dissatisfaction is too strong a word for how I feel about it. I feel that there were some mistakes made, certainly, mm. and some choices that could have made and perhaps should have been made differently. Mm. For the first time in any... Well, you wouldn't know this, obviously, Sarah, because you weren't privy to the other conversations. But uh, Freud actually raises an eyebrow at the end of that sentence. Ooh. I apologize, Mr. Seraph. You have used the word I feel more times than I would expect of your kind. Interesting. How much experience do you have with Vulcans, Dr. Freud? Ah, of course. Dr. Freud. I have been installed with the current data banks on board this USS Voyager. Hmm. But of course the USS Voyager contains only a sampling of psychological data given that we were not expected to be a medical vessel. Hmm. I would suggest that perhaps Vulcans are not so monotonous as the small sampling of a few Vulcans who are in any case, a relatively small sampling of her overall population, might suggest. Well, there is always more to learn, as you said. Always more to explore, yes? Exactly. Now, back to the incident on the planet. Uh, your commanding officer, Mr. Edison Gill, he was not unconscious. Your chief engineer, not unconscious. Sadly, uh, yes. Before the before this incident happens, Mr. Gill he places Lieutenant Locke, and not you, 
as his second. How how did that make you? And he pauses before saying, "Feel." A perfectly reasonable choice. Mister Locke is vastly more experienced than me in matters of pure tactics, and in a survival situation, that expertise and experience would be certain to be telling. You did not feel it as an insult that Mister Gill not only circumvented your rank but also your seniority. I did not. I think that I would consider it a mistake under different circumstances, perhaps more scientifically or perhaps more research-oriented ones. But these were neither of those situations. Mm. Your same mistake. And in your report, you also mentioned that Locke and Drake indeed switched their guns to lethality without authorization. This is correct. Hmm. And you expressed this disappointment not only to them but also to the captain. This is also correct. Do you feel, under the circumstances, that you still can trust Locke and Drake as quote-unquote experts in their fields? I believe so. In fact, I am almost grateful for this most recent incident. Grateful? Indeed, Doctor. One can only tell the nature of a being through its actions. Now I understand more about both of them. Gratitude is an emotion, is it not? Doctor, allow me to take a moment to correct a misconception, very common amongst humans in particular, that Vulcans do not experience emotions. We <clears throat> instead consider ourselves the masters of them. We are not controlled by our emotions, but rather we control them, direct them. But certainly we feel them. It is an exercise of discipline to take those emotions and channel them down constructive paths to accomplish things of worth, of note, as opposed to allow them to cause us to choose poorly. Interesting. Well, Mr. Seraph, I see our time is running short. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add to this oral session? I would only add that, given the situation that we are in fact discussing at this time, that the composition of away teams be considered with perhaps more care in the future to alleviate the pressure on certain individuals, perhaps a rotating roster. Mm. Very interesting. Obviously not my call to make, but someone's. Well, it has been interesting to talk to you. We are, we are concluded here. Thank you. In game, Seraph expands his ever-present smile ever so slightly. A pleasure, Doctor. <laughs> and then he slowly but surely comes to his feet, swinging from the comfortable reclining position, nods again to the doctor, and walks out. Yes. All right. And you practically, uh, probably, uh, you practically collide with uh, Drake in the hallway as he also makes his way uh, towards the holodecks. Easy there, Lieutenant. 
carry yeah. on. <laughs> and uh, the program is very quickly reset as uh, Lieutenant Drake enters the room. And Mr. Drake, obviously, the uh, same description follows. And the uh, doctor is reclining slightly in his chair, motioning to the recliner and nodding slowly towards you. Uh, good afternoon, doctor, I say, as I take a seat. What would you say is especially good about it? It's a turn of phrase, rather. Mm, uh, turn of phrase. Mm. I would I would say I'm indifferent to today, as it were. I see. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. And you are Wallace Drake. Uh, you are uh, you're human, obviously. And uh, how would you describe your duty on board the ship? Uh, I'm the helmsman. I take command of navigating the ship and uh, evasive maneuvers when necessary, as well as certain um, charting duties to a lesser extent. Mm, yes. And uh, is, you have served as pilot or helmsman of ships for long time, short time? Uh, well, uh, relative to my lifespan, a long time, I would say. Uh, not mm. always in Starfleet, but... Yes. Yes, you have had uh, you've had time in in civilian roles, yes. Correct. Yes, yes. Uh, I have had I have several reports of uh, crew members uh, mentioning and commenting on your fairly um, casual approach to the chain of command. Is that so? Yes. This has not been made to your attention. I've always felt that I've acted within my role and my position. Aside from obviously one of the events that we're to discuss uh, further on in this session, mm. I suppose, but um, mm. perhaps it may be seen that my uh, following of command is a bit lax mm. uh, to others. I can't speak for them. Mm. That is neither here nor there for the current moment, but it is interesting to know. And he points at your arm. And your arm, is this a sensitive topic? No, not at all. It was lost in an accident, yes? Correct. Do you regret this accident? No. Um, though I was injured in the accident, uh, everyone else within the transport uh, on which the accident took place was safe and unharmed. Uh, mm -hmm. My arm was a small price to pay for the safety of the uh, eight other souls on board. So you would, in general, say that the safety of others uh, you would put above yourself, yes? Uh, I tend to, yes. As helmsman, mm. having con control of the entire exoskeleton in which the crew resides uh, mm. means that a lot of responsibility falls on me to make sure people are safe. Yes. Yes. And as... Uh... The most junior of the Voyager's senior staff. What is your opinion in general of your colleagues? Oh, they're all fantastic. As far as mm -hmm. I'm concerned, it's the best bridge team I've ever been a part of. And how many bridge teams have you been a part of, Mr. Drake? Well, this would be the first time I've ever been a part mm -hmm. of the bridge team, the senior staff. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. I, I would like to rephrase in saying that. Mm -hmm. I mean... Of all the ships I've served on, I would say mm. they are the most competent bridge team ah, rather yes, than yes. the bridge team I've been a part of. Mm, yes, of course, of course. 
Some of that, of course, may be the, the military training, yes? And uh, what if our current, of your current predicament, uh, the Voyager being the Delta Quadrant, what are your feelings on this matter? Um, this is a complicated subject for me. Mm. Uh, personally, uh, it's actually a dream come true. My intent in joining Starfleet was to explore the unexplored quadrants of space. Um, and being in Delta Quadrant is about as unexplored as it gets. Um, mm. One would say it's actually a dream of mine. However, the reason it's complicated is because I understand that, that this is not what the mission entailed. And mm. empathetically, I feel very strongly for the predicament of everyone else who may not be quite as pleased as I am with the situation. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I suppose we should end the matter of hand because our time is, is short here. And I have other clients to see. And uh, we should turn our attention instead to the incident a few days ago involving the Hirogen. Okay. And uh, what are your uh, feelings on the outcome of this particular incident? I am extremely pleased with the outcome. Uh, considering the technological gap between us and them, as well as the fact that we were on their terms, um, the fact that we suffered no casualties and very minor injuries is, to me, a major win, regardless of um, any possible breach of Starfleet protocol. Yes, uh, you do not consider this breach of protocol to be a serious demeanor, then? I consider it to be extremely grave, I which, is what, which is why I admitted to as much as soon as I returned, as well as on the surface of the planet, admitting as much to uh, Commander Seraph. So if you knew it was incorrect then, and the grave, as you say, why did you change your weapons standings to lethal without authorization? Uh, in the moment, to me, being that it was the first shot of the conflict and what we had seen from the other Herogen, I had personally, this is my personal decision, decided that the stun setting on, or sorry, the kill setting on our phasers was effectively stun in comparison to the Herogen. My job was to make sure that his shields were lighting up so he could be seen and they were weakened as much as possible. I was under the impression that no amount of force I could exert with one shot would be a lethal shot. Uh, and this brings it to my eyes in a technicality that I was not breaking protocol. Nonetheless, I did break the chain of command by doing so, which is why I fessed up and I wish to see the proper ramifications held over my head for that uh, personal decision I made in the face of orders. Interesting. There is some question as to the exact accountability of certain actions of certain crew members at the moment. I am pledged by, by confidentiality, of course. But your case is a question mark at the moment, especially being uh, the junior rank that you are. It is possible that someone above you will take the flak for you. How do you feel about that? If they were to do that, I would feel grateful, but I don't think it's the correct thing to do. Um, mm. I was not given orders at the time by the commanding officer to switch my lethality setting to kill. Uh, thus, uh, I don't believe uh, anyone should be trying to take that 
uh, burden on their shoulders off of me. Very, very interesting. Mm. Mr. Drake, as uh, the helmsman and uh, respected expert in navigation, what do you think happened that landed the ship in the Delta Quadrant to begin with? With respect, Doctor, mm. uh, that is something I'm not comfortable speaking with to anyone except for the Captain or Mirren, specifically. Regardless of ordered therapy or not. I see. You understand that your reluctance to talk about it could be seen as controversial behavior? In what way? Well, there is uh, some speculation amongst the ship that perhaps there was something more than just an accident involved? That is my personal speculation as well. If you're trying to direct that towards me, I would prefer it were brought up to me by uh, someone that, frankly, is not a uh, program, uh, to be blunt. Mm. It is better to be blunt. Yes, of course. The truth should come out. And you have spoken volumes by not speaking. One final question then for you. Do you believe that Voyager will be successful in making it home? I think uh, with the crew and the ship that we have, uh, we have about as good a shot as anybody could possibly have. Mm. Uh, I, I certainly hope we'll make it home, but I don't tend to put stock in uh, believing something I could never know uh, mm. until the time comes. Yeah. I would love to stay and chat with you all day, Mr. Drake, but I look at the clock and the, it is the late of the hour, so I must uh, ask you to depart now. Maybe we can pick up this conversation again some other time. And, uh, Gil, we, we turn to you. It's, uh, you're not aware of it because you're probably either on the bridge or doing something else, but it is quite a long time between the end of Drake's session and the beginning of yours. And... Um, as you uh, make your way into the therapy room, again, you wouldn't be aware of it because you were not there for the other sessions. But uh, uh, this time, uh, the chair that you assume has the therapist sitting in it is swiveled the other way so that the figure sitting in the chair is uh, looking out the window. Uh, the lights are turned down as before they were sort of standard doctor's office sort of lighting. Now it is much, what's the word I'm looking for? A bit more moodier. There's a uh, very a much dimmer lighting. Like someone's taken like a dimmer and set it to the lowest setting that can still be seen. Um, as if, you know, there was a sort of a single bulb hanging from the ceiling this time. Uh, there is light coming out, uh, coming in from the uh, windows, but it is muted because of the heavy blinds that cover the the view. And the figure in the chair facing the window is reclining back a little bit and sort of doing like a, a gentle rocky motion with the chair and the doors close behind you in game Gil uh takes the room in as you've I've used as you have described it uh is the uh the i guess the reclining seat or whatever is still there yeah everything is as i described it other than the lighting okay uh and, and the then, chair being the other way sure uh i uh Gil uh, simply walks over to there and takes a seat. He does not lie back and waits to be addressed. 
And if, if after a few more rocks, the chair swivels to face you, and Captain Quinn is seated in the chair. And he gives you his, uh, his usual sort of Santa Claus grandfatherly grin as you sit down in the chair. Uh, Captain, this is not exactly what I expected. Hmm. Well, that seems to be the theme lately. Not yes. exactly what we expected. Uh, if if I may, uh, before any of this evaluation or however it happens does continue on, I must say I take full responsibility and accountability, full responsibility and full accountability for my crewmen's actions. If anything were to happen to them in any form of discipline, I implore you, please. Place that upon my shoulders myself because I acted to what I believed was my own accord mm. and what I would have expected to do in that situation. And if that is not up to your standards or what you believe in, I was only trying to do what I had to to make sure everybody survived. So if, based on what I have been hearing and reading, since I was unfortunately knocked unconscious relatively mm. early on and that may not say anything about my leading style, but I it is a sore spot and sort of embarrassing. And I may apologize for that as well. But in light of all of the information I've absorbed, I must say, please, go much easier on them than you can on me. I deserve mm -hmm. the brunt of it because it was my actions and my decisions. Mm -hmm. And now... And I will allow you to proceed. I apologize for starting it on that note, Captain. And for and uh, as you finish speaking, the grandfather grin quickly disappears, and you and he frowns for the first time uh, that you've ever seen Quinn frown. He doesn't look sad, just disappointed, like he he came oh, home to no. find a child had broken his favorite cup or something like that. Indeed. Oh no! I'm so <laughs> glad the rest of us didn't have to see that. <laughs> Indeed. There was a lot about the incident with the Hirogen that was embarrassing for all of us. Some of that embarrassment falls on me too. I thought we were more prepared than we were. Captain, if I may, you... It wasn't in your hands. You had to make do with what the Hirogen gave us and do not blame yourself for our team's actions and what mine Mr. ended up being. Mr. Gill, Forger is in my hands, like it or not. 149 lives are in my hands. Whether, Regardless of what the galaxy deals us, it, it falls on me always. And it falls on you, too, as my second. And you say that the most, the brunt of the punishment should come to you. Well, rest assured, Mr. Gill, it will. Your record will reflect accordingly. So, given our present circumstance, I don't know how much that will really matter to you. It will... He looks down. It will... make me reconsider some things in the future. Mr. Gill, I'll speak frankly, as I always think I do, and I'll speak truthfully to you, because I think you deserve that much. I'm embarrassed by your actions on the planet. Embarrassed. And I'm having second thoughts about letting you lead away missions in the future. Does that sound fair? 
Gil takes a moment to collect himself after this reeling blow to everything that he is uh, and speaks. Captain, I understand that may be a hard decision to make based on the crewmen that we do have, uh, but if it must come to that, I will have to respect it. Right now, for the time being, you'll remain my XO. But no, that I seriously considered changing that arrangement. Even for a moment. If we're going to survive another year in this Delta Quadrant, nay, 68 years, that's what our calendar looks like right now. We gotta, we have to stay true to what we originally signed on for. And it doesn't matter how far away Starfleet is or the Federation is. If we don't stay to the book, to the letter, then we're no better than the creatures we encounter. If we don't... He looks down at his, at his shoes. If... Of course we should follow Starfleet protocol at all times, if possible, but this was an extenuating circumstance that did go much more poorly than I had anticipated. If we are to survive, to bring this ship home with however many people are left, whether it's one in, in Mr. Seraph surviving alone for some ungodly reason, or if everyone somehow makes it back because we've beaten the odds and made it back in less than somehow 70 years, then sometimes, and you may disagree, but I'm sure you've considered it as well. Sometimes some rules have to be at least a little bent. We still must uphold what Starfleet believes in, but the survival of everybody here is absolutely important. Not just for the sake of the people here, but what if somebody stumbles across our ship and we have not made it? Whatever information, logs, extra stuff that they may say they're surpassing us in technology can make it to Earth and they have never considered it before and they're violent. That's not something I would like to have weighing on my heart and my conscience. Sometimes these hard decisions have to be made and if you have to bust me down for making this statement, you can, but I believe we must survive by any means possible. And, and Quinn takes a big breath in and holds it for a second and lets it out. We aren't near any star bases, we're near Earth. <laughs> we're all in this together. What we need to do now is present a united front. I'm going to keep my trust in you, because I don't think I judge characters incorrectly. From here on out, we're going to, to play this better. We're going to stick by our guns, and Lord willing, we're going to make it home. And you're going to be right there on my chair to the right. A single tear falls from uh, one of Gil's eyes. <laughs> I promise to, well... I can't say that it won't be impossible to 
not let you down again, but I will hmm. make sure that if I do, hmm. I will not back down from taking whatever punishment comes towards me. Because I've been reading up a little bit if it helps, Captain, to recenter myself after hmm. after trying to figure out whatever's happened in these moments. And I went and looked up almost an encyclopedic version of what a commanding officer should be, and they have to be positive, yet dominant, and a good moral influence, and I've been trying to be that for myself more than mm. the crew, and I believe in the last few missions it shines, and if anything, I think I am on a path, even despite this setback, to definitely achieve and continue to follow through on that definition. Mm. Even if <laughs> something in the future happens and I am no longer in this position, I will strive to push for these attributes of myself. I reckon sometimes, Mr. Gill, you don't quite have the right head on your shoulders, but you got the right heart. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Thank you, Captain. And again, if he takes, he, he lets out a long sigh. Again, if there was any discipline for our other crewmates, please place that on me. I'd rather see them with higher spirits and more raised morale and me having to suffer whatever slings and arrows may come than for them to, because I can take it. We need the rest of them to help guide us. Another time, another place, Mr. Gill, I might have thrown you in the brig for a few days. But we don't have that kind of luxury. I need everyone in top form. For now, your punishment will be to remain my first officer at all times and to not stumble again. Captain, I fully accept and respect your decision to make that my punishment. <laughs> There'll still be marks on your record, of course. And if we of do course. make it back to Starfleet, that'll probably block you from getting a command of your own for some time. I have much more important things to worry about for the moment, and it is making sure that we can get home. Very well. Computer and program. And everything fades away, except for the chair that Quinn is reclining in, of course. Oh, my chair falls away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you kind of... You, you, I'm assuming you have enough... A wits to sort of stand up quickly. Ah, true. Fine. Although I guess you could decide that you fall on your butt. That might be funny. No, I, it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and in the distance, you, all you hear is... <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, and Quinn gets out of his chair and motions for you to, to head out of the holodeck. And he follows. Hey, this is Nathaniel Kiefer, writer, GM, and producer of Voyager Done Right. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Hey, if you liked what you heard today, then you can do me two big favors. Number one, keep on listening. New content every week. And number two, tell your friends and get them to start listening right now. If you want to chat with us, you can drop us a line on Twitter or join our Discord server. Those links are in the description, and I promise to get back to you in a reasonable time. Say, three to five years? 
And if you really like what you hear, you can check out our Patreon page. Nathaniel Kiefer Swimming Pool Construction Fund thanks you in advance for your time. Music from bensound.com and the cast of Voyager Done Right includes myself, Nathaniel Kiefer, as Captain Ulysses Quinn, Richard Jellison as Commander Edison Gill, Christopher Kiefer as Lieutenant Commander Seraph, Jordan Wood as Lieutenant Commander Miran Oka, Kirk Dawson as Lieutenant Leon Locke, and Thomas Hyde as Lieutenant Junior Grade Wallace Drake. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. On an errand of mercy, the crew of the Voyager halt their journey home in order to assist a damaged vessel floating in space. In the process, they encounter a strange alien race, cursed with a terrible fate. Speaking of terrible fates, next time on Voyager, the sickness. <laughs>